Thank you. Morning. Thank you, John. Thank you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We've seen children, right? And Jesus wanted us to be like children because they are pure in heart. Unlike other religions, Christianity introduces us a God that not only loves us unconditionally, but that also wants to know us, to spend time with us, to offer us his grace, his mercy, his love that we never deserve. As we've heard, you know, the Beatitudes so far, so much richness in those words, isn't it? So much richness in what we learned so far. And there's still more to come. And this morning, we're going to focus on this one. Blessed are the pure in hearts. Because Jesus Christ is teaching us that our attitude affects our actions. This last week, as we know, some of us or all of us celebrated Valentine's Day. And while I was preparing for this message, Pure Are Those in Heart, I could see hearts all over the place, in Tesco, shops, supermarkets, adverts, and so on. So in a way, it fits very well, this message, to see what God wants from us and how he advises us to be. We have a PowerPoint as well, if you want to follow a few scriptures there and ideas. So what exactly is the meaning of being pure in heart? What does it mean, for example, when the Bible speaks about heart? The Greek word, if you want a bit of Greek this morning, it's cardia for heart, cardia. That's why we have the medical word cardiac, right? And this is this physically, the heart is considered the engine of our body, for which life depends on our hearts. And the amazing miracle is that even before we are born, heart, the heart starts to beat in mommy's womb, right? The heart starts to beat. And it will never stop without us doing anything. The heart will never stop until the day we leave this earth to be with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? We, do, we, we don't do any effort to get our hearts beating, don't, don't we? It just goes on. It goes on, which reminds us of God's love for us through our hearts physically. But spiritually, the heart, when the Bible speaks about heart, it's the chief topic, if you like, that is like the CEO in a company, the managing director. From our heart comes everything, our life, our attitudes, so what it means by heart, as we see in 1 Peter 3, 4, it is the hidden person of the heart. Your inner self is your mind, your soul. All your inner being is the heart that we're talking about here. It's us, who we are. And in Psalm 24, which is a good parallel to this beatitude, it says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. This is like the Old Testament background for the sixth beatitude that we're going to touch on today. God in his holy place, 
We can see here, who can stand in his holy place? Those with a clean heart. It appears from here, this is about a person with moral integrity. The one who doesn't trust an idol, but God only. As we've seen the example with the water, it doesn't mix his ideas and faith with other gods. There is only one God in a person with a pure heart. It refrains from idolatry and it looks for honesty, a sincere and authentic disposition that a person pure in heart has. But let's remember, purity in heart is not a condition of salvation. So let's get that clear in our minds. It is a result of our salvation, right? And that's something we need to beware of. And that's why David, when he understood that his heart is unclean, he asks in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David knew it's God who can renew our hearts, our minds, and souls. You see, the society we live in says that the reason for evil are the conditions or the environment one lives in. And they say the great answer, the humanistic mind says, change the environment and you will change the heart. I remember in the communism, they were talking about a new man. It was that ideology of a new man in, in socialistic views. And there was like in speeches and everywhere, we're looking to create a new man. Without God, we learn that there is no new man. So the, <clears throat> the society says, change the conditions, provide more benefits, facilities, smartphones, tablets, activities, educations, and people's behavior will improve. Now the problem is, you see, they don't look at the core issues, which is within ourselves. And the fall of humanity we see in the scripture, demonstrate that such views are, have no place in reality. Because the root of the problem is someone's heart, his mind, his inner being. And as an example, we remember Adam and Eve were living in a perfect environment, right? We read in Genesis 1-3, God saw all he had made, he was very good. Before Adam and Eve, it was good. But after Adam and Eve, he says he was very good. He was perfect. Adam and Eve started to live in a perfect environment. And yet, they chose to disobey God. From where? From within. You see, God made everything pure, but we, the humankind, through our choices, we contaminated everything. Contaminated the waters, the air we breathe, and our minds and souls. The problem of Adam and Eve was a problem of the heart. And it's the same with us. And they listened to Satan, who is the master of um, deceiving us. You know, he spoke to their minds and, and tried to put that um, disobedience in their hearts. As we said, the world says, change the circumstances. Change your job. Change your wife, change your husband, change that thing that you need to change and all will be fine. But that's a big lie. 
That is the big lie. In contrast, our Lord Jesus says, no matter the circumstances, is the heart that matters. Jesus describes the man's heart by nature is the cause of all our troubles. For example, in Mark 7, 14, 15, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, is what comes out of a person that defiles them. This was a radical change in someone's teaching that people in that time, they've never heard such a teaching. And in Matthew 15, 19, 20, he goes on and says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So God, we learned this morning, is indeed concerned to the purity of our hearts. He is the number one priority for God. Let's remember this. This is the number one priority for God. Our heart, our mind. Who does it belong to? Your inner being. And God wants us to have our mind cleaned and our emotions cleaned. Second point. What is this attitude of someone pure in heart? And again, we can look in the Old Testament, some examples, how people thought they could get pure and clean. They had rituals, religious um, activities, for example, uh, they, they were asked to clean their uh, garments, their clothes, to wash them, or just being um, uh, washed uh, their bodies in the water through immersion or washing their hands. Remember when Pilate agreed with Jesus' sacrifice, what did he do in front of the public? He washed his hands as a symbol of saying, I am not guilty of this sin. That's what people thought, that washing your hands or washing your body makes you clean. But our Lord Jesus, again, preached something totally different. He was saying no ritual, nothing from your external religious activity can clean your heart. And unfortunately, so many religious nowadays, they're preaching the same things. Do this or the other and you'll be Cleaned, do this, go there, do that. All about what we can do to clean our hearts. But in Matthew chapter 23, 25, 28, this is like we can see here Jesus speaking from his heart. He's very rarely being tough with some of his statements. But we know that very often he was pulling out, bringing out the Pharisees, the hypocrisy. In people's hearts. And he couldn't stand that. Let's see here he, the warning for them. Wow to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish. And then the outside also will be clean. Wow to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy 
and wickedness. Wow. Tougher words. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, uh, 118, we don't even need interpretation for these clear messages from our Lord Jesus. He explains what it means to be pure in heart. He says, be careful. This is for us, for all who want to follow him. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites. Do it in, uh, as the hypocrites do it in synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites. When you fast, do not look somber and like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. We see the deep teachings of our Lord Jesus here. It makes you think, wow, that is a word from God for me. It's true. It's pure. It, we can see it in our lives. And in Matthew chapter 6, 21 concludes, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is our treasure? Is it in the Lord? Is it in our salvation? Is it in the word of God? Then praise the Lord for that. Another point just wanted to make, because we live in this society where everywhere you look, you kind of get dirty, isn't it? They didn't have internet back then. Let's remember this. So I wonder what Jesus' teachings would be for the internet today and social media and TV and Hollywood and whatever. I think the same principles apply. As we are advised in, in Proverbs chapter 4. Really sorry? There you go. Getting too excited about this? I'm just cleaning the, the stage here, not just the heart. Sorry. Hopefully the papers are still in order. Um, so in Proverbs, we see this principle here that applies for our lives today. It says, Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Wow. Guard your heart from what you're watching on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Internet, or whatever. You know, this younger generation, when they see a football star talking about his lifestyle and so on, do you really think that's true? Or maybe a singer, whatever they talk about, ah, cool, fine. No. We've seen this all over again in rich people's lives. It's failure. There is failure. And we need to understand without God, everything is spoiled on the outside. But inside, there is a rotten heart, unfortunately. Not always, but very often. So let's meditate and think today of our lifestyles. We can't hide somewhere on a mountain. I like watching a movie. We can't hide from this. But let's bear in mind what is actually you're taking as being truth when you see something that you know it's a lie according to the word of God. Horror movies, shows, internets, and so on. Just taking life to extreme. 
exaggerating things. Let's remember, guard your heart, guard your eyes, what you see goes straight in your heart. So purity in heart is so important. And also, as we read in Psalm 24, purity in heart is also about relationships. Our relationship with God, who can stand in the presence of God? That's the first point. Our relationship with God in our heart, and then our relationship with our family members, with your husband, with your spouse, with your wife, with your children, with our relatives and friends. Are we sincere in those relationships? Are we who we are in our families? Have you ever been betrayed by one of your good friends? I have. How does it feel? Awful. Awful. So let's not be that person. The pure in heart are those who live their whole public and private life with transparency. Especially in our families. Are we who we say we are? In Second Timothy, which we studied at the Bible study on Tuesday, I remember this verse, chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Nothing to be ashamed. Of course, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. But you see, hypocrisy in particular, it's the, like the cancer in our spiritual lives. Because we pretend to be something greater than we are. And that's Satan deceiving us in our core spiritual lives. So let's be aware this morning. That's what we're doing here. Raising awareness. Let's move on quickly. All examples in the scripture. And I'll go through this very quickly. You know these characters. For example, Jacob. He went from a light to another. He stole the firstborn right from his brother, deceived his uncle, and then he learned what it is to be deceived. Until God met him at Peniel. That, that encounter with God changed completely his heart. Actually, his name. He was called Israel from now on. We need to have that encounter with God in our lives. Joseph, uh, uh, this is a positive example. He went through a lot, Joseph, in, in uh, Genesis, facing false accusation, being sold by his brothers. But he stayed truth to his faith in God to the end. Ruth, Mary, the mother of Jesus. John the Baptist, about which um, Lord Jesus said there is no one greater like him on this earth but also said that in heaven, the smallest one will be greater than John. So just a few examples for us to reflect on. And if you have any other examples from the scripture. So chap- Paul, absolutely, absolutely. It's on my list here. Well done, well done. So why is this beatitude important? Of course, we discussed already, but just to point a few other core elements here. The Bible clearly teaches us that no man can achieve purity of heart on his own. This comes as a relief for us, isn't it? Because no matter how hard we try, we can't achieve that purity of heart. Okay? We do have, as we've seen in the scripture, responsibilities to guard our eyes, our hearts. But it also it shows the way we Worship our Lord Jesus Christ. For example, in Matthew 15, 8, Jesus warned that through though the Jews honor God with their lips, their hearts were far from him. So it affects our worshiping life as well. 
But Apostle Paul is a great example here because he shows us the struggle in his life with his old self. When we come to the Lord, we receive a new heart. And then there is an ongoing battle. And that means you are alive. If you feel that battle right now, you are alive in the Lord. Praise the Lord. He says, Apostle Paul, in chapter 7, Romans, I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. This is the most vivid explanation of our contest inside, which goes inside of us, our battle. In Romans 7, 15, 25, it says, For that which I'm doing, I do not understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I hate, I do not wish to do, I agree with the law confessing that is good. Notice here, Paul is a person with a good heart. He agrees with the law of God in his Christian heart. He knows what he should be doing, but for some reason he can't do it. And agrees with God, but ends up doing the very thing he hates. So verses 17, 21, same chapter, uncovered the reason for this. He says, so now, no longer I am the one doing it, but sin which indwells in me. If I'm doing the very thing I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. How many players we're talking about here? Two. It's ourself, our inner being, and the sin who lives in me, our old nature. So, does this verse say that I am not good, that I am evil? Absolutely not. It shows us that there is something in us, a battle that will carry on for as long as we live on this earth. Yeah? And there is a quote there, Pink, A.W. Pink says, One of the evidence of a pure heart is a consciousness of the remaining impurity that continues to trouble me. The moment the sin in our lives doesn't trouble us, we, that's a trigger alarm. But if we see that battle in us, we need to praise the Lord. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10, 20, it says, God made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So a pure heart is a gift from God through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to remember this morning. Moving on to the promises of this beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they will see God. Wow. You know, in the Old Testament, people, they were always conscious about this verse in Exodus 33. When God said to Moses, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Because God lives in a light, a shining purity, that nothing impure can come in presence in his presence. Same in a dark room. When you turn on the light, the darkness is gone. We can't stand in the presence of God as we are unless Jesus lives in our hearts. And the new covenant in Jesus promises us, for example, since Ezekiel chapter 36, he says, I will give you a new heart. I put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. And give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And move you to follow me. To follow my decrees. And be careful to keep my laws. Wow. 
This is, my friends, a transplant of heart. It's no repairing, put a valve here, change something there. It's a transplant of heart and mind. When you come to realize that there is a God, that there is Jesus who died for our sins, that he is calling you to a new life, our mind is renewed. Our heart is renewed. We clearly see what's good, what's bad, more clearly than we'd ever done before. So God's promise here for you this morning, he can remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. The promise, you will see God, is also true that when you're following God, when you pray, when you're looking for him, you will easier understand his will in your life, isn't it? Quicker to understand what he wants from our lives. So that in, that in that way, we can see God quicker, right, on this earth. But also is the promise, of course, which each Beatitudes remind us of Jesus' second coming. We will really see him as he is glorified in God's presence. And the last point for this morning, and thank you for your patience. In conclusion... We learned how much our Father is keen to give us a pure heart for our own benefit. Yet, how few of us live such a life, we can ask. We are tempted to wear a different mask and play different roles according to each occasion in society. I met, unfortunately, some people who lied so much about their life that they couldn't tell themselves which part of their life is true or a lie anymore. So we are called this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. We have this calling to keep ourselves on the right track and to leave you with these questions for reflection this morning. Would you be happy when God is showing you what is not right in your heart? When was the last time you opened your heart and tell the Lord what is really going on in your heart? What are the motives for which you are doing things? As we know, so many people are doing good things, but for wrong motives, to be seen by others, for example. Do you have the courage to let God hold the mirror to you? And show your heart from inside out. What is affecting our hearts? Negativity, anger, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, being offended easily, judging others critically. Are we authentic in our faith? What do you let people see? Because we know it's very easy to hide. So let's remember this beatitude. We are called to be pure in heart. Let's remember this beatitude when we're tempted to murmur and complain about all things and people in our lives. Let's look more deeper inside our hearts and open our hearts in prayer to our Lord Jesus. Let the light come in and invite the Holy Spirit to come in your heart to do that spring cleaning that we all want. Let's be honest. We look inside our hearts and we see all these attractions, lust, thoughts, and everything that sometimes it's embarrassing to say. And I am included here. 
Because this word was for me as awakening call, as a reminder. So let's tell God and be honest with him about all our tendencies, anger, stress, addiction, lust, attraction, and ask him to clean our hearts. Because you know why? In Jeremiah 17, 9, 10, he says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That's the question. Who? And the answer, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. We can only see what's external, but the good news is God can see deep in my heart and in your hearts. And that is, my friends, the good news because he is the best heart surgeon that will ever exist on this earth. And he can heal your heart, not only heal it, but do a new transplant for you. Today even, right now, if you need prayer, I'll be there on a chair or a table with some of our leadership. And I'll end up with this verse, this text from 1 John chapter 3. A great promise again. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is where we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So I pray that all of us present here all of us listening online, we will all reach that moment when we will see Jesus as he is. Why? Because we will be like him. So help us, God. Amen.